And welcome to the Wonderland, everyone. It's episode 77. And I've just stuck my head out the window here, and from what I can see, the world seems to be still ticking along in pretty much the usual fashion. Anyway, look, I don't talk that much about environmental issues on the show, but I would like to give a little bit of a shout-out to the environment right now. Hello, environment. How you doing? How are you? Nice to see you out there. Okay, that's it. And I must say that whilst things like, you know, rising sea levels, the growing ocean of plastic and the bleaching reefs and shrinking rainforests are now undeniable and more than a bit of a worry, at least word seems to be finally getting around about this, albeit more slowly than would be ideal. But we are a bit slow on the uptake with lots of things, aren't we? I know I am, especially if it's something that isn't staring me in the face or literally causing me physical pain. And therein lies the problem with environmental awareness. It's still very easy to look at nature and see the incredible beauty of it without having to go any further than Instagram. And the problem with that is that we often subconsciously conclude that everything is absolutely fine and we have nothing to worry about. Ironically, the very nature of nature itself isn't really helping either, in so much as appearances can be deceptive and nature is extremely good at still looking amazing even when things under the hood, so to speak, are seriously wrong. Kind of like a guy who is really ill, being able to give everybody except his doctor the outward impression that he's perfectly healthy. Now, we're very good at getting ourselves out of a mess when we can see clearly and immediately that we're in one, which might sound encouraging, but the problem here is that when it gets to that point, it'll be far too late for us to do anything to fix it. So... Even if you can only do something small and apparently insignificant to help nature and the environment in general to recover from the massive walloping that we continue to give it, please do it, because it might make all the difference if enough of us have the same idea. Definitely worth the effort anyway. Just saying. Anyway, if you were listening to the show a few episodes back, you would have heard me talking about our dreams and what it would be like if we could control them to the point of choosing to stay in them and what the consequences of that might be. Pretty interesting, to say the least, I think, and as a big fan of sleeping myself, a thought suddenly popped into my head the other day about another associated phenomenon which is not quite as common, but which could have enormous potential. What I'm talking about here is a completely untapped area of human, I don't know, possibility which, as far as I know, has never been seriously considered for further research and possible exploitation. Now, to explore this revolutionary idea further, we are now going to put on the pyjamas of ponderance, the nightcap of need to know, and the comfy slippers of contemplation as we drift into the Morphean arms of Theory Time. Yo, you can't know what you can't know. I'm going to tell you what I think I know, and I know what I know, this is what I know, theory time. And welcome to theory time. Now, we've all heard of sleepwalking, haven't we? I don't think I've ever slept walked myself, but I know plenty of people, 
including family members who have done so. And of course, the weird thing about sleepwalking is that there is an element of consciousness involved, even though the person is, for all intents and purposes, still completely out to it. And so here's my theory. If a person is capable of walking and even talking whilst being fast asleep, they may well be able to do other things too. You know, anything from musical and theatrical performances to office work, gardening, motorcycle repair, potentially anything that one might do when fully conscious, provided no actual complex conversation is necessary. It might even be that we have huge talents in areas we're not even aware of, which are only able to be unlocked whilst in a state of unconsciousness. Taken even further, let's consider that we spend 30% of our entire lives asleep. So if you do the math on that one, that would make us 30% more productive overall, right? And here's another potential bonus, and you're going to love this one. Could work performed whilst one is asleep not be subject to personal income tax? Because, look, as far as I know, there is currently no tax legislation anywhere specifically relating to unconsciously derived income of this kind. And it'd be pretty easy to spot somebody working whilst asleep because they'd be the only ones on the job either naked or dressed in pyjamas. A very useful heads up, if you ask me. Anyway, look, I know there are going to be challenges for our legal system, of course, because logically, if you committed a criminal offence whilst sleeping, there would have to be a system in place whereby any kind of punishment could only be exacted in the same realm of consciousness, which would be nice because, you know, you wouldn't have to spend your waking hours in prison. On the downside, I suppose, we'd probably have to find new ways to replenish our energy, as sleeping would now probably be hard work. Mm. Well, folks, no one ever said groundbreaking innovations like this were easy. And it's possible that it'll take a little bit more research and experimentation, well beyond the you know, confines of the Wonderland, to actually make my theory a reality. But, you know, we've got neuroscientists who are so brilliant, I reckon they could knock over something like this in their sleep. This is what I know. Theory time. And that was our strangely exhausting episode of Theory Time for today. Fortunately, though, it's now time for a bit of musical relaxation, courtesy of Song of the Day. Whether it's fortunate or not, I suppose, depends on how you look at it. But in any case, today we're going to check out one of my solo piano creations, which I recorded for my 2021 mixed bag. And it's called Milda Ahi. Take a listen.
And that was Mura Ahi, which is Maori for flames. And you can find the track and the album and everything else I've ever released to date on any of the music streaming platforms, as well as on www.jeffhealy.com. Now, folks, this show is all about balance. And to prove it, we're now going to indulge in what you might call an emotional palate cleanser following the somewhat contemplative nature of Song of the Day. So put away those Kleenex and put on a happy face because it's now the perfect time for some more Good Times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, guess who it is? That's right, you've been waiting for him all day. It's Mr. Jeff Healy. Yes, thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much for that warm and very sincere welcome that you've given me. And it's nice to be here uh, on, you know, what I, I like to think of as my own show. Uh, however, however... And my, my name so, and my name, my name is Little Kev. Yes, thank Little you. Kev, Little Kev. And, uh, of yeah. course, this is a, a part of the podcast, folks, as you uh, now mm-hmm. know if you've not heard it before, if you've been lucky not to hear it before or something. Anyway, Kevin, Kevin, I wanted to share something with you that I've discovered on the software that you and I are using to record this segment, all right? Oh. Folks, we are using technology, of course, where we're not in the same room. Kevin is in Austria, I'm in Germany, and we're using a piece of Mac software called Logic Pro X or Logic Pro 10. Now, Kevin, I would like you to, uh, just so you know what I'm talking about here, I'd like you to click on uh, the top of the screen where it says mix, okay? Click on that. Where it says mix? Yes. Next to record, between record and view at the top of the screen. Right? You better be looking at the same thing I'm looking at. Record and view. Record and see what it says mix. Talking about? Look, see, okay, the top left-hand side, I it says Logic Pro X, right? In the top left. Oh, yes. And then file, edit, track. And it says mix. Right. Click yeah, click on that. I'll, I'll, click on that. Yes. Now, go down, and what do you see right at the bottom that's grayed out, but what does it say? Open EU controls. Right. Settings. Now, folks, let me tell you something that happened to me earlier today. I was waiting for Kevin to come online, and I just happened to accidentally click on this thing that says open EU control settings. Suddenly... I discovered that I could control from this very room the entire machinations of the European Union, including all of their decisions regarding finance, COVID management, everything in front of me on the screen. Kevin, for 10 minutes, the world was mine. Well, okay, but the European Union was mine, which isn't really the same thing. but, But I was suddenly astonished that we have such power in our own hands. Oh, my God. I didn't realize that Apple Kevin? was, like, giving us that amount of power. No, well, they don't. I think it's a mistake. I think they accidentally dropped it in there during somebody's lunch hour or whatever by mistake. You uh-huh. know, somebody, obviously. But, Kevin, I'd like you to comment on on this this development, if you don't mind. Well, so so what EU control settings did you change? Jeff? Well, like everybody uh, going to be, like, suddenly, like, you can actually turn right on a red line yeah, I started, in every country? Yeah, I started, I started with a, uh, thinking about dogs crossing the road in front of elderly cyclists and causing oh, cataclysmic... Oh, yeah, we're back to that yeah, one. Yeah, we are. Just to aggravate me yeah, a little yeah, bit Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, basically what's going to happen from now on is all dogs will be henceforth forced to work as strippers in a, a European country that's not yet been given EU membership, but which could be 
And oh, you, my God. Yes, you see, this is the way this works. I found out, folks, say, uh, there's no instruction manual, so don't think about down- downloading the software and trying it yourselves because it's greyed out. No. no matter what you do... It's greyed out. Yes, you will not get control of the EU because I've already got it, and it's like one of those ones, so, one at a time, you know, you've got to wait in line to get your turn. So what would make that... You know, not grayed out. Have you tried? Have you have you actually tried that? I uh, yes, I have tried it, and 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 nothing happened. And nothing. Happened. Nothing happened. Okay. Oh, what you mean? Not grayed out? You mean when it, when it's not? Oh, grayed well, out. Kevin, I mean, you, Kevin, know, you can click on it when it's grayed out. That means at nothing that will point, happen, I but... found myself virtually in Brussels, uh, virtually in Brussels, <laughs> calling the shots. Where nothing ever gets nothing done. Nothing ever gets done, and <laughs> I was there making sure, making damn sure, folks, that nothing gets done. Right? Yeah. Because that's what we do in the European Union. In Brussels, they get nothing done. Right? Oh, my God. That's brilliant. And I don't care. Yeah, whatever country you're in, whatever legislature you are part of in any way, shape or form, I can assure you that the European Union will get nothing done much, much quicker than anywhere else. <laughs> Now, are there any other hidden features that I should be aware of? Uh, like I, I've been using this for years, and I've never, ever noticed well, that, that I can there, actually control. Like, is there a Russian setting? Uh, no, where I can, no, you know? no but, but there is a dog control setting, uh, whereby oh, you can actually oh. get your dog to um, not run in front of bicycles, but instead to actually leap up and bite the cyclist, which is much more interesting. Oh. From almost oh well, it's it's a little bit more final. Well, well, it's certainly know. more legally interesting, as you as you will probably find out tomorrow when you take the dog for a walk. <laughs> Kevin, I don't want to give it away, but I've made certain little adjustments which you will find interesting on the next walk. Oh, great! I really look forward to that, Jeff. Thanks for looking after me and my dog. Ah, oh, Kev, it's the absolute least I can do. Good times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. And whether you like it or not, folks, little Kev and myself will be back with more good times on the next episode of The Wonderland. So don't say I didn't warn you. Moving right along. A few days ago, my sister was lamenting the phenomenon of going to the supermarket and coming home short of some of the really important things that she needed to buy, which happened to include mosquito coils. Now, To be perfectly honest, the mosquito coil is something which is quite popular and common in Australia, and I have not seen them elsewhere. But I realise they may well exist in other countries too. Now, by way of explanation, a mosquito coil is not a prophylactic for insects, but rather a slow-burning coil-shaped thing that you light at one end and stick on a little metal stand and the not entirely unpleasant smoke that comes off the coil does quite a good job in sending mosquitoes elsewhere. I think somebody once told me that these things were made of compressed cow manure, but that seems unlikely because they really don't smell too bad. Unless, of course, the cows in question had been raised on a steady diet of perfumed grass. Hmm. Anyway, I think for the first time ever, I found myself ruminating further on the subject of pest control, and in this case, repelling mosquitoes. And I would now like to continue with a somewhat revolutionary examination of this ever-popular subject right now on everybody's second favourite Wonderland segment, Jeff's Thought of the Day. Day. 
Welcome to Thought of the Day. Mosquitoes, the little bastards. But do they really have a right to exist? Are they an important part of the ecosystem? Do we give a rat's either way? More importantly though, how smart are they? Realistically, this would be a very difficult thing to figure out because I don't think entomological psychology is much of a thing at this stage, mostly because any scientist worth their sodium chloride knows that it's hard to get any insect to sit still for long enough to be interviewed, much less deliver any kind of coherent testimony on anything. Unless you kill it first, in which case the whole exercise becomes a bit pointless. That being said, folks, we ignore the value of scientific investigation at our peril. And look, I, for one, believe that we should be careful not to count mosquitoes out in terms of brain power. Well, obviously, they've got some intellect, haven't they? Or they wouldn't be able to survive, would they? And I also find myself wondering if mosquitoes are a good deal more intelligent than we give them credit for. Now, to that end, I would like to suggest a series of revolutionary experiments to establish whether or not things like mosquito coils and repellents are really necessary, because I suspect there's a very real possibility that there are other solutions than using chemicals and fumes to drive them away, insect zappers to burn them to a crisp, and indeed magazines and fly swats to beat them to death before they have a chance of sticking their nasty little needles into our skin. Now, it seems to me that perhaps the biggest mistake we are making with mosquitoes is assuming that they are simply stupid and bereft of any type of comprehension or communications skills. But has anybody ever really made the effort to reach out to them via any kind of really basic method of communication? So here's what I'm suggesting. Instead of using things like mosquito coils and repellents and sprays and so on, let's try giving these poor, probably misunderstood creatures a chance by putting up a series of strategically placed signs in the area concerned. Signs saying things like, I don't know, please go away, nothing to see here, or even poison gas leak, because a bit of perceived kindness can go a long way in my experience. You might well find that upon getting a look at these signs, the mosquitoes will disappear forthwith and you will have achieved a level of communication with the insect world never before attempted or even thought possible. And if that doesn't work, you can simply return to square one and beat the little buggers to death with the signs. I think, I think it was the thought of the day. And on that undeniably humane note, we say farewell to Thought of the Day and today's episode. Thanks for listening, wherever you are, and I certainly hope that you all enjoyed the ride. Thanks also to Kevin Owen MacDonald Jr. III, a.k.a. Little Kev, for once again lending his unique perspective and wisdom to our Good Time segment, and rest assured that he has promised to continue taking the medication. Anyway, folks, have a great weekend and a good two weeks, and I'll be back Friday after next with more thrills and spills on episode 78 of The Wonderland. Gotta get back to James Wonderland. Gotta come back to the Wonderland. Jeff's Wonderland.